0: Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Mark Abrams here with my special guest, legendary and longtime matchmaker, Ron Katz, uh, currently of Star Boxing. Ron, how you doing? Doing
1: well. Just chilling like everybody else, waiting to get back in action.
0: Uh, So what have you been up to? I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for the better part of, say, I don't know, 40 years, uh, you know, and this is probably the longest break that you've ever had.
1: No doubt about it. It's, it's very unusual after being in action constantly, on the phone constantly, um, for a long, long time, and then have everything come to a screeching halt, it was a little uh, weird getting adjusted to and I'm still not adjusted to it. I want to be in action, and God willing, we'll be in action pretty soon.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> Excuse um, me. So I mean, I mean, what what have what have you been doing? I mean, I had a chance. Watching I mean, a lot of TV, watching a lot of TV. I mean, uh, doing um, podcasts like yours. There you go. Okay. Um, have you gotten any indication? I know you're in New York. Uh, obviously, people are watching the TV, and when restrictions. Uh, is there anything that you know? I know you that you and you know Joe DeGuardia, I'm sure you guys have. Been on the phone and whatnot. Anything that you guys, any plans or anything that you guys can do?
1: Well, you know, we rely on fans at the uh, Paramount, so that won't happen until phase four, um, which will probably, hopefully, be, you know, in the fall, late fall. Um, then there's shows at resorts in upstate New York, which may come sooner. But, um, it, you know, right now we're just in a holding pattern, you know, and then you have to go through all the COVID p- protocols that are going to be in place, which is not easy. So...
0: I, uh, I guess your your phone's probably been ringing off the hook uh, w- with your fighters asking the same questions.
1: Well, funnily enough, it, it really hasn't. Um You know, they understand the situation. They're being patient just like the rest of us. So we'll see what happens in the hopefully near future. Hopefully.
0: Okay, so uh, obviously we we'll, would we'll get into some more happier topics you know a lot of people i mean everyone in the business knows you and your your reputation as a matchmaker is, you know speaks for itself uh, let's talk a little bit about how uh, you how and when you started a, a matchmaking and what, what piqued your interest in doing that
1: well i I was working for Lou Falcino, who was one of the pioneers uh with barry bernstein um of the, of the close circuit era. Mm-hmm. And we were based in White Plains, New York, and Lou decided he wanted to run shows at the county center, which was a very famous building in White Plains that, that had boxing, you know, for many, many years back in the in, in the golden era. You know, one thing led to another, and, you know, the short version is that I went from a gopher to, to start making matches. Johnny Baz took me under his wing, sort of, taught me the ropes at the beginning and then i met bruce trampler and uh you know eventually worked with teddy brenner the greatest of them all so that's how it sort of evolved you know and i you know i i learned from all those guys i really did a tremendous amount especially johnny
0: well, before we get into the top rank uh, years, which I know they're, they're, there's a definitely a lot we could talk about, any uh, fighters of note during the, the, the first uh, incarnation with uh, the, the first group that you work with? Any notable fighters that, that well, you helped build up or anything? Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: sure. Two, two to speak of uh, Ronaldo Snipes and
0: Doug DeWitt. So you, so you, you brought Snipes to the Holmes fight? Uh, or,
1: yes, I actually worked his corner that night.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> so, so, oh, so I carried the bucket. I can only imagine what went through you when that right hand landed in round seven. We all thought the fight
1: was over. We all thought it was a little bit of a uh, long count, so to speak, or <laughs> or referee Rudy Ortega gave Larry uh, um, more time than he than, than was allowed. But um, you know, Ronaldo came close.
0: What what what? Um, you know, when he gets the Holmes fight. It's what what goes through your mind, kind of, you know, being you're the guy who got him the right fights, helped build him, and brought him to boxing's biggest prize, the heavyweight championship of the world. I mean, you, I mean, do you quietly pat yourself on the back for that?
1: No, because to be honest with you, I wasn't educated enough at that time. Oh, I wow. was still learning. So, and and there were other people, you know, I you know, I made some of his matches basically. I didn't you know make the homes fight. Um, you know obviously it was part of the team, but um, I really was still learning at that phase of my career. It's not until I hooked up with Bob Spagnola and HBA and Jeff Levine, where I really delved big time into matchmaking on a much larger scale, um, which then led to top rank, which then led. To Sugar Ray Leonard boxing, um, which then led to star boxing.
0: Okay, so let's say so you go from uh, uh, Lou Falcino's group in White Plains right, to yeah, H- I also
1: worked with Butch Lewis at that time too, with with, with the Spinks brothers, uh, uh, Greg Page, Roger Stafford, a couple other guys. Now was not not necessarily as their matchmaker but more as, you know, like an operations kind of
0: person. But it's still, a, you know, very young in your boxing career. You helped get a guy to the, to the heavyweight championship. Doug DeWitt, I believe, became the WBO middleweight champion uh, yeah. later.
1: Yeah, yeah. And That's and then, a little different because I had a lot to do with his career. And at that time, I, I was, you know, fully entrenched in, into the matchmaking end of it. So
0: that and then, was a
1: little different than Snipes. A lot that, more uh, involvement
0: with Doug. And then uh, when you're working with with Butch, I guess Michael was already the light heavyweight champion. If no, not, no, no? Michael,
1: Michael, no. This was coming out of the Olympics. I, okay. Michael wasn't at that time. Okay. You know, nor was Leon. You know, we had Leo Randolph. We all had him up in White Plains. They, you know, A bunch of them stayed at my mom's house. Greg <laughs> Page, Michael, wow. Roger Stafford, Leo Randolph. They were all on a show. Michael wasn't on it. Uh, Again, yeah, no. Michael was on it. I'm sorry. Leon wasn't
0: on it. Well, well. So the, I mean, you, you that must. Was have,
1: early in their careers.
0: You You must have some stories alone just from, you know, these young fighters uh, living in your house.
1: Yeah, well, I kind of bonded with Leon because I was, you know, crazy and wild and doing all kinds of crazy things. So, he and I bonded and, you know, we
0: had some good times together. I know he's not been in great health. Have you heard from Leon Spinks at all? No,
1: no. I I saw Michael, you know, a couple months ago. You know, I mean, we all know the situation with Mm. Leon. He's hanging on, which I guess, you know, thank God he's doing that and you know, that's basically all I know.
0: So then, you know, like you just said, you go to HBA and you become a real, you know, int- like you use the word entrencher. You know, all entrench-
1: of a sudden, I went, you know, from making a show here and there to doing, you know, five shows a month.
0: Now, which fighters, what fighters uh, of note would uh, you work with uh, in, in that um, Well, that the main
1: guy at that time um, was Frank Tate. Bob Spagnola thought he had... All the guys that ended up signing with main events signed to them, um, if you remember correctly, mm-hmm. Vander, Purnell, Mark Freeland. Oh, wow. Um, but they ended up going with, uh, with uh, main events um, at the last minute. Um, but Frank Tate was, was the torchbearer. Um, the Canizales brothers, Orlando and Gabby, mm-hmm. um, both became world champions.
0: And these are Um, guys you built from scratch, from zero and zero.
1: Tate, yes. Uh, The other two, no. Uh, But I had involvement in a lot of matches. You know, then I I was bringing guys in like Calvin Grove, who I, you know, led to a title. Coach Bill P.A. Joe Manley, who actually was the first champion. He beat Gary Hinton in Connecticut um, for HBA. So, you know, there there were a few.
0: And then his top rank after that?
1: Top Rank was after that. Okay, but so that's
0: when, the, let's talk about that. How did you hook on with them?
1: Well, HBA, I mean, we were really cranking. But, you know, there was uh, there was friction there at the end, um, as there was with Sugar Ray Leonard Boxing. And the year was 86, I believe. And Teddy Brenner, Bruce had moved out to Vegas to be with Bob. <clears throat> excuse me, and Teddy was banning the East Coast office, but Teddy was, was getting up in age and his health was starting to, to fail a little bit. And these and Bruce saw what I was doing and what I was accomplishing with HBA. So he told Bob, look, we got to get cats away from HBA. Um, one, because we need them, you know, and two, because, you know, he can help Teddy out tremendously. And three, because it'll be the end of HBA, which ultimately it was. So that's how that evolved. Um, it started with with uh, the Frank Tate Michael Nunn fight, and just went on from there.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's kind of like when Jordan left the Bulls. When he left the Bulls, uh, they went in the tank. you know, you, you, you you I guess you, I guess I can c- compare you to Michael Jordan. So so you get in. So you get uh, you run the uh, you're the matchmaker for. More or less the East Coast part of top rank. I know Atlantic City back then was really running strong. That was that was the capital. So to Talk about some of your memorable fights uh, uh, in the Atlantic City, New York uh, years of top rank.
1: Yeah, well, it wasn't just that. I mean, everything east of the Mississippi. I mean, yeah. we, we, we had broken ground in, in the Biloxi area, you know, when all those casinos yeah. uh, popped up. We went into New Orleans. You know, we went all over the place. But excuse me, there were so many matches, Mark. But you know, I mean, guys remind me. You know, I, like uh, I'm reading on Twitter, and somebody will post something, and I'll go, "Oh crap, man! I made that fight. What a great fight that was! I didn't even remember." So there's so many like that. Um, you know, one of the memorable ones or two of them were the the Murky Sosa, Prince Charles oh, yeah. Williams fights, both a- of them. Um, Kevin, Kevin Pompey, almost any fight he was in, Zach Padilla and Ray Oliveira. Uh, yeah, that, that
0: was that was the punch record, if I'm not mistaken. At right? the time,
1: yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever been broken, but um, at the time, yes. Um, so that you know, I mean, there's been so many that, and again, I, I you know, I I look at guys posting a YouTube, hey guys, look at this fight, and I and I go, oh crap. Then I type in a, hey, you know, I made that match.
0: Let me so a, there were a, I, I had a hell of a run I mean what? it's
1: still going but I mean great fights I, I
0: always I always think matchmakers they can get they can get two highs and to correct me if I'm wrong here there are certain matchmakers who just make great fights and there are other matchmakers who can build a fighter what what, what, what I mean do you get equal pride in each or is there one that outweighs the other
1: it's a good question but I think every every matchmaker worthy of their salt meaning, <laughs> excuse me, guys like Brad Goodman, Bruce Trampler, Russell Peltz. Absolutely. Don Chargin, um the late guys, Teddy Brenner. I think we, you know, ultimately we take the most pride, I think, in making good fights and great fights, memorable fights, but not far behind taking a guy like Bruce did – and I had a very tiny part in it, Oscar De La Hoya, and building him into such a superstar. How you know, many? I did it with James Tony. You know, so um, you know, we both did it with Floyd Mayweather. So
0: that's, a, that's you know, a...
1: it, you, you, There's equal pride, but you know, if you're a real, you know, I mean, I'm from the Teddy Brenner school of matchmaking, and the Russell Pelts is, you know, the same thing, you know. Teddy always told me, try not to make a fight that you don't want to see yourself.
0: Exactly. It doesn't
1: always happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's that was the credo I went by for my – and still go by for my career.
0: So you – you try to make great fights. So I'm, I'm going to ask this because this is a – I was a big Michael Nunn fan back in the day. So you're the guy responsible for for, for James Tony and uh, getting Nunn knocked off in that, that am, great fight?
1: You know, uh, Bob, you know, came – to me and said, what do you think? I told him what I thought, you know, Jackie Callen and, and James wanted it badly. I told him he's going to knock none out. You're crazy. I said, okay, you'll see. And Bob at the press conference, there were a lot of press there, New York guys, because you know, they travel, Mike Katz, Wally Matthews, guys yeah. like that, they, they, they travel. And they they said, "How did Ron a famous line he used? How did Ron Katz know that James Tony would even have a chance with Michael Nunn? And Bob said, in his you know Yiddish way, mm-hmm. "That's why he makes more than all of you guys."
0: <laughs> uh, what were some some of the other fighters on uh, the in the east uh, eastern part that that you helped develop?
1: Well, the triple threat made them all world champions. You know, I've developed and worked with somewhere in the neighborhood, you know, between top rank, HBA, Star Boxing, Northeast Promotions, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, somewhere in the neighborhood of 160 world champions. So, I mean, you know, guys I don't remember, you know, like Jake Rodriguez, Freddie Pendleton, guys like that, Zach Padilla.
0: That's it, know, it, it, some amazing it, it, stuff.
1: There's so many of James Tony, obviously. There's just so many
0: of them. You, you said that um, you had a small hand in with, uh, May, you know, helping mold the early De La Hoya Mayweather years. Uh, when they, obviously they were Olympians and Oscar gold medalists. When, and I know matchmakers, they have a hand in signing these fighters out of the, the Olympics and Al, the amateurs, when, they, when guys like De La Hoya, and especially Mayweather, you know, uh, you're scouting them. What were your impressions of them?
1: You know, can't miss guys, blue chippers. We almost didn't sign De La He almost went with King. Bruce and I were begging Bob Arum. Um, at the time, Robert Middleman and Steve Nelson were his managers, mm-hmm. and they wanted a lot of money to sign, and Bob was a little hesitant. But Bruce convinced them.
0: Wow. The, 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 you know, I, I, Mayweather
1: I, was a lot easier to sign being in Vegas and, and the connection and everything. So, but we knew they were camp not miss guys.
0: If I would have told you, you know, when you were looking at, at 17, 18 year old Floyd Mayweather that, you know, in 20 years, he's going to be 50, and you know, and make X 900, whatever million dollars, $500 million. What would you have told me?
1: Uh, I would have said that would have been some feat to accomplish at that time because it's very hard to predict what a fighter's going to do over the body of his work and how much money he's going to make with a guy like sugar Ray Leonard was different because he was out there. He was on TV doing commercials with his son. He was America's darling, but Floyd invented himself and became the top attraction of his era. And obviously the best fighter of his era and the highest earner of his era.
0: I'm going to ask you a two prong question here, which, which fighter, that surprised you the most from, like, when you got him and then ha- how his career turned out? And if you want to answer this, I don't know if you want to ruffle any feathers, what was the biggest maybe disappointment that y- you thought that was going to be going to be this, that, and the other, but maybe never reached that, that, that uh, lofty uh, – well, I'll tell birth. you on
1: a disappointment, but he did reach very lofty heights, mm-hmm. which James Tony, I right. thought he would be unbeatable his career. But he was
0: kind he really of an un- he was unheralded money. guy, so to speak. Though wasn't he? I mean, he absolutely. was absolutely in-
1: when, when we signed him, nobody knew who he was. When yeah. I signed him with Jackie Callen, nobody knew who he was. But you know, he he went off the bandwagon and, and became nuts, and the money got to him, and he wanted to do what he want, wanted. Um, to this day, I still hmm. think that he could have beaten Roy Jones if he would have prepared himself the way he should have. So that was a major disappointment. A guy like Jake Rodriguez was a, you know, a solid club fighter. You know, no frills, became a world champion. Freddie Pendleton, the same thing, became a world champion. Those are the kind of guys that, that you least expected to become a world champion, and they became one. So, I, you know, I'm sure there's others in there, but, you know, those two come to mind very quickly.
0: So then, uh, after top ranks, I'll
1: tell you who was a very big disappointment. There were two twins out of Philly. I'm sure you're going to know Eric and Aaron Mitchell.
0: Know them well. Yep.
1: On their way up early on, Aaron loved them. We thought these both of them can't miss world champions. Can't miss. Carmen Graziano was training them. They look sensational every single fight. But they they were twins and they share a brain, so that prevented them. From becoming something special, because they they went off the wagon too, and another guy who 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 was unexpected become a world champion ended up doing better than I thought he'd do was Bruce Seldon. There you. Are. I thought he was a good solid guy, but I never thought he'd become a world champion.
0: Very especially mis- after
1: the Oliver McCall
0: fight. And if if I'm not mistaken, because um, the, the the time frame you're you're talking about. Um, I know, even though he wasn't signed, I don't think he was signed to a promoter, but Mike Tyson, he fought on a lot of those top-ranked shows in Atlantic City. We you know, no, 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 no,
1: no, no. No?
0: Okay. I made,
1: I made some – I forgot what the count was. My last involvement with Tyson was the Marvis Frazier fight. Okay. His first five or six fights were with top Rank and, yeah. and, and uh, 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 a couple of independents. I don't know what happened. I I never heard the story, you know, the accurate story, you know, whether there was a difference of opinions. This is when I was with HBA. Jim Jacobs called Jeff Levine because he knew we had five shows a month, and he wanted a promoter that he could control that would give Mike the, the activity. Brought him to HBA. So I made many, many, many of Mike's fights on his way up with the aid of Johnny Boss.
0: Uh, I see see some comments here in the queue. Uh, uh, Joe Joe Body uh, talked uh, said you almost took Butterbean at the top. So talk about working with Butterbean.
1: Butterbean's a great guy. I mean Art, door Murray, Sutherland, the best. They're salt of the earth. These guys. But I mean you know Butterbean. I'm I'm clicking on the chat. How come I can't see the chat?
0: chat yeah. uh, it's 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 on the facebook it's on my facebook page oh
1: okay you know butterbean was was obviously you know a little better than a novelty because you know he had you know he had a little bit of skill that he trained that he tried you know he wouldn't climb through the ropes you got to give anybody who climbs through the ropes credit that tries but you know probably the worst moment of my career was you know the Mitch Rose fight which yeah. know, was unexpected And, you know, that started the downward spiral of my time with Top Rank.
0: Okay, uh, so then you moved on to Northeast Promotions?
1: Yeah, for, uh, yeah, Walt Lambert for a couple years, uh, you know. um, Well, no, I went from Top Rank, I took a year off because Bob was very generous and gave me an unbelievable severance package where I could just take it easy. (laughs) I did a couple things on my own with James Tony, with um, Dana Rosenblatt. That was a disappointment too. The first Fazienza fight.
0: Oh, but so see, was doing, Oh, he so he was you were you were so involved well with that? And then he
1: got clipped. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's when. Uh, but the
1: last one was was, was great.
0: That's the was first one The
1: rematch that Jimmy Burchfield and I did at Foxwoods. I think was that a, was a high,
0: and that was an ESPN show, if I'm not that, mistaken. That's right. The first one was on pay per view. I actually bought that. TBKO. Yep. And, and that's when uh, Pazianz almost knocked out the referee right after uh, yeah. he knocked out a uh, – so, so uh, you, you mentioned, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Delvin Rodriguez was the, the guy that you kind of helped develop at Northeast uh, promotion. Delvin,
1: I was with almost his, his entire career. And he you followed know, you Delvin to the top you know, a star, I know. one of those who is very close to my heart because I made maybe 98% of his fights. You know, and Delvin, you know – was a real good, solid fighter, good action fighter, Um, was never the same fighter after the Oscar Diaz fight. That affected Mm. him greatly.
0: I can imagine.
1: But, you know, Delvin was in some classic fights like with Powell Mm -hmm. Wallock. you know, and and appeared on ESPN, you know, double-digit numbers sometimes. You know, Jesse Feliciano, (laughs) You know he got he got that you know we had that that was my first fight with Star Boxing. Oh God! And we had signed uh, Delvin and and Feliciano stopped him in a great fight. But Delvin, you know, Delvin was a warrior, but never the same as, after Oscar Diaz.
0: Now, as you mentioned with Star Boxing, now working with uh, our good friend Joe DeGuardia, You know, you, you've developed some good. You know, Chris Algieri. Uh, Cletus Seldon, Joe Smith, I, uh, I, you know, you have Vin, Vinny Madalone. He, uh, you know, fought. Well, Vinny, he, Vinny,
1: I, you know, was with Joe long before me, but I made about four or five Vinny's fights. He okay. never lost in a fight I made. Okay. <laughs> and don't forget Demetrius Andrade. I, I, I did his whole, you know, Eric Botcher and I, you know, made all his matches, you know, until, you know, most recently,
0: the last um, year or two. Um. So talk, talk about, you know, you, you uh, bring a guy like Al Jiri, uh you know, who is known uh, as, as a great ticket seller in Huntington, New York, at the Paramount, and you, you got him undefeated, and you got the Provodnikov fight, and me and you will differ on that fight. But, but what's the – what he won the fight. Oh yeah, Ruslan did. Anyway, um, no, he didn't. Like <laughs> I said, we will differ on that. But the, no, he it, didn't go. He, I'll
1: watch the fight with you, and, right. and you, you, honestly tell me that that Provodnikov won. All right, well, look well, well, like it was. No, we win. can do.
0: No, we can do. We can do a, a live watch along. We, we we can do that and have the okay. fans. You we can, can do start that
1: without me. Just let me
0: know. <laughs> oh, oh see so you. you the, know the, listen, the first. As
1: far as the compliments you asked earlier, yeah. you know that kind of went over my head. <laughs> Guys like like Algeri. I mean, you know, he, here was a, a kid nobody wanted. I mean, nobody wanted. Joe signed him. You know, I made all his matches, you know, when he came to Starbucks. And he had, a you know, a few fights, not many. Um, and he ends up fighting Manny Pacquiao for crazy money. And then goes on and fights, you know, like a, a murderer's row of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Amir Khan. You know, I mean, you, you know, Errol Spence. One thing about Chris, he doesn't say no to the
0: fights. You, you talked about the Paramount in Huntington, New York. It's become a, not only a great, pl- a great place to watch a fight, an awesome atmosphere because there's never an open seat in that place, but it's become a real breeding ground for fighters with Algieri, with Joe Smith and, you know, some other with guys. Cletus L, then yeah. With Cletus t- Talk about that, having that outlet to be able to – yeah, you know, really develop develop kids not only as local attractions, but of course graduating onto the bigger stage. Well,
1: that that is something very difficult to do because, you know, when I'm with top rank HBA, you know, we have TV. It's easy, you know, it's easy to make you know great fights and, and get blue chip fighters. Mm-hmm. But to be, you know, with a secondary promoter, um, it's tougher to get blue chippers to come. So you have to, you know. Be selective who you take, and then you have to put on the kind of fights that's going to entertain the fans so they come out, come back, yet hope that your fighter wins. And I was lucky enough to do that with those three guys at the Paramount.
0: And, and talk about the, the atmosphere of that place. Obviously, I've been there. I broadcasted many fights there. The the, the atmosphere well, of that it's, place. It's
1: the, to me the best club around. I mean, you know, I liking it you know, an atmosphere to the blue horizon. It's, it's, you know, it's a little more upscale, but it has that look and that feel, you know, the fans are great. They're knowledgeable. They're appreciative, appreciative even uh, of outside fighters. So, um, you know, you can't ask for anything more from a club venue.
0: You know, you know what I like? I like that, um, that, that, you filled the the card is littered with Long Island guys. Talk about Long Island as as a uh, it's kind of an underrated uh, breeding ground for fighters. Long Island.
1: Well, yeah, I mean Long Island's always had uh, a tradition of, of of having some decent guys. Uh, you know, the Cassidy's, uh, the Biancos, obviously Jerry Cooney. More recently, now Algeri, Joe Smith, Cletus Selden. So um, Anthony Carperas, who was one of our major, major attractions, Johnny Hernandez, another big attraction there. So, I mean, you know, having a club um, like the Paramount sends a message to these kids who may be on the fence, well, do I want to do this or don't I want to do it, Um, to be able to do it and perform in front of their family and friends. So that's, you know, and and you just hope that, that one of them clicks like an Algieri, like a Joe Smith, like a Seldon.
0: Well, I know you have several young fighters who, you know, around the 8-0, 10-0 mark. Uh, which one or two you think has a chance to uh, become the next Algieri or Smith?
1: Well, not necessarily Algieri or Smith, but Tyrone James um, has shown a lot of promise Um Unfortunately, we've been derailed now by the pandemic like everybody mm-hmm.
0: else. Yeah.
1: But he was starting um, to become, you know, a bit of a prospect that you might take notice of. And he has a ton of charisma. So if he evolved and his skills evolved with him, he could do very, very well for himself. Because it's rare when you have a fighter who has, you know, great skills and a lot of charisma, like mm-hmm. a Sugar Ray Leonard. So when you can parlay those two, you can maximize the kind of money you can make.
0: So you see him possibly getting to that next level in the sense that, you know, you will see him in some 10-round fights against some very known guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he has that potential. Gotcha. He has His skill level is, is, is such that, that he has that potential.
0: Got about ten, fifteen minutes left, so let's, let's delve into some. Why so long? Why so? Well, we 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 can shut it off now. I, I'm like, Let's. Uh, I just want to dive into a couple uh topics. Uh, talk about you know the the state of the game now. Obviously, you, you're you have been through a couple different eras of the game, such that you know what was going on in the mid '80s, the '90s, the early 2000s. Now we're 2020. You know, what's your opinion on the state of the game right now?
1: Oh I, I mean the state of the game is at a standstill because we've nobody has ever experienced in their lifetimes what we're going through now mm-hmm. so um
0: a well, what, lot, what about a before this to be seen well, what about before this happened where did you think boxing was well, at? i thought
1: I thought the game was thriving you know I mean you you had uh, uh, that the the zone you know espn uh PBC on Fox. So, I mean, there was a lot out there, a lot of good fighters, a lot of good fights, um, a lot of potentially big fights that that would have happened. But now um, this pandemic has has brought everybody to the knees. You know, Top Rank just started out Tuesday, have a show tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, God willing, PBC will be soon. Um, You know, get back in actions. You know, they have a bunch of great, great fighters um, that people want to see. And then when you move, you know, Eddie Hearn, you know, is talking about getting up and running Golden Boy. Obviously, you know, people want to see their fighters. And then, you know, you have promoters like Star Boxing, Lou Debella and and all the rest of us that want to get back to doing our live boxing to hopefully build stars um, where we compete with some of these other companies.
0: What do you think? I know uh, Tuesday night was the first one, and uh, and I've watched uh, several UFC shows. Fights with with no fans. Uh, talk about that. was it? It, it didn't
1: really bother me. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you know, boxing is the kind of sport that needs the excitement of, of of fans, you know, present. But when you're going through what we're all going through, you know. Even though there's no fans, it's, you know, something welcome to be able to watch it on TV.
0: Yeah, I thought... You know, yeah, I was
1: watching golf, you know, it's the, their first tournament back, yeah. and they have no fans, and, and it didn't bother me. Yeah, I think that,
0: that, that, that's a sport where... You know, I I don't – you know, the fans, I don't know how much of a difference – maybe like the Masters on Sunday or something like that. But other than that, because I I watched some of the golf too.
1: Well, I was a golfer, you know, a big-time golfer. So, you know, I I enjoy watching it. But you can only watch it for so long.
0: I thought, like like I said, I, you know, watched all the UFC fights. Once the fight started, and like the other night, I think once the fight started, I didn't really think about that there was no fans.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree kind of blocking out and, you know, looking at the two fighters, what's going on in the ring.
0: Obviously, some news came out yesterday that there's a possible uh, agreement for a Wilder and Joshua – not Wilder, Fury and Joshua, uh, you know, uh, two fights for 2021 should they get by their next fights. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Should those two, uh, the big English guys, uh, meet up?
1: Well, obviously, you know, for for the European fans and for American fans, but more for them, that's a fight that everybody would like to see. But you know, there's obstacles in the way, and guys have to, you know, fight other guys before they get to it. So, you know, when they actually get in the ring, that's when I'll get excited.
0: I th- I think Wilder will be better this fight, if the third fight against Fury. Actually, I De- think that I actually think the pandemic hurt, uh, helps him. Believe it or not. Yes,
1: Deontay. Yes
0: because i you know yep. it's going to give them some time yeah, don't, to...
1: don't ever count out Deontay wilder
0: um just it, well, just some qu- you know quick questions uh spence and crawford uh, you think that, that they will ever meet and who would you like right now if they fall
1: i well listen before his accident i wouldn't pick against Errol spence All and right. i love terrence crawford do i think they'll meet eventually yes and I just pray that Spence is what he was before in Saxon.
0: Well, it looks like he's going to fight Danny Garcia, but you know before it's that, a possibility of heard yeah. that. Um, what other fighters out there? Uh, you know, uh, maybe some under the rooks? I know you watch everything uh, under the radar, guys. It, they, you say, keep an eye on this guy. You put your matchmakers uh, head on uh, with that. the kid fr- out of
1: New York, top rank has um, Ed- Edward Berlanga oh, is my kind of guy. Tremendous puncher. He's a guy to keep an eye on.
0: It's funny, I, I interviewed uh, Tyrone Brunson a couple weeks ago. He's actually praying for Berlanga to, to break his first round knockout streak. He's like, let him do it. So I'm like, why wouldn't you want your you know, why wouldn't you want your name still be in the record book? Because yeah, you, know, you know, listen,
1: that's that's pretty magnanimous of them.
0: But there's, there's a lot
1: of great young fighters out there. So we'll see what happens.
0: Okay. Well, uh, we just uh, did uh Thirty-five good minutes for Ron Katz. Uh, about thirty-three, too much. Well, it's all right. Uh, well, well. First of all, congratulations on uh, being inducted into the Lanxi Hall of Fame. Uh, I'll yeah, let you. you too. I'll let you speak after me. Okay. So now, that's I know fine
1: because you you ain't you ain't a tough act to
0: follow. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Al Cole; he's going in this year. What's yeah. it like to What's it like to, to to go in with with like you said a guy that you helped build? Uh, is that, right. I think Calvin cool. Grove
1: is going in too, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, so yeah, so I mean that, that's thrilling, it's it, thrilling for me.
0: Is it, so it's kind of really, proud, very really, proud of him, and, and and not not that you need any uh affirm uh, you know affirmation of you know your credentials but it's it's pretty cool that you get to go in with a couple guys that you helped uh, you helped get 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 them, get them there as well yes sir It'd
1: be a lot of fun well
0: anything you want to say in closing ron before we let bye you go bye. well hold on i, I asked this to everyone before i go if people want to follow you on social media and you know you're pretty active on twitter where, where can they find you
1: rk matchmaker
0: there he is the great ron cats this is I don't know if this is a career highlight or low light for me, but I'll have to figure that out. We both know it's neither. <laughs>
1: Ron. Right. Stay well and everybody else stay well. We, we hope will. to see you real soon back at
0: the and, fights. And, and and when you have some fights, we'll get you back on. Maybe we'll preview one of your one of your shows when we we'll get you okay, back. Okay, great. Thanks, Thank Ron. you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Um,